listening to the Fantasy Alarm DFS NBA Podcast. What's going on, FA Nation? Happy Tuesday, and welcome to the Fantasy Alarm NBA DFS Podcast. I am James Grande, joined by Sean Mitchell. Sean, what's going on, brother? Um, we're sitting here recording on Monday evening in the midst of a Timothy Lawuwu Cabaret versus Kyle Anderson shootout. Um, in one word, Sean, how does that make you feel? Um, just comfy. I mean, make <laughs> warm. <laughs> I'm just glad that you said TLC's name, so I didn't have to. That was the only thing I was really worried about. Yeah, I would never put you on the spot like that, but I am. <laughs> I am gladly. I'll gladly say his name every single day and twice on Tuesday. Um, I think it's a great name, and you know. He's going crazy, so he deserves the full name and not just TLC, at least for today, you know? Right. Um, maybe I'm moving forward. He'll he'll probably revert back to TLC, but um, yeah. we do have 10 games on this Tuesday slate. Not No TLC, unfortunately, um, as Brooklyn is on the second leg of a back-to-back. Um, but we do have some, some notable Vegas totals, and by notable, I mean every game currently over 217. Uh, the two that stand out in terms of over-unders, Chicago, Washington, two thirty-three and a half. Um, we kind of talked about it this whole season. Chicago's defense is dreadful. Washington's defense dreadful. It's going to be a shootout there. And then um, Minnesota and the Clippers are two twenty-nine and a half. And it's something that I heard a a uh, a pitch change in your voice when you saw that it was two twenty-nine and a half. Um, I too can't believe that's two twenty-nine and a half. Just based on how bad they looked offensively and they being the Clippers. And, and we all know how uh, it was an historically bad loss and, and, you know, could be without Kawhi again. And, and also that how bad Minnesota looked without Carlin town. So that was kind of um, shocking, but Sean, why don't you just run down just quickly uh, some injury news? I mean, there's not a ton, but there are some, there are some notables uh, on the board. Yeah, you know, Carl Anthony Towns is out. Joel Embiid's probable with the back. You know, he'll likely play. Kawhi Leonard with the mouth laceration. <clears throat> I don't know. He's, you know, he's questionable to play. I'm not really sure if he's ready to get back or not, but uh, he's questionable. Jimmy Butler's doubtful to play, so that's a, a big one for Miami. Uh, other than that, you know, Blake Griffin is going to come back. Laurie Mark Kapanen is, is questionable to play tomorrow. Uh, other than that, you know, Derrick Rose is coming back. You know, Kevin Love is out. Not like we really worried too much about that one. Alec Burks is questionable for New York. Um, he's actually had a really good role lately. Been playing very well to start the season, so that one's a little bit interesting. But other than that, man, this is a pretty injury-free slate, uh, which is good for me because I'm on the playbook, so I really probably <laughs> have to hopefully look for a ton of news. Not like John had to deal with today. You oh. know, five-gamer, but, yeah, pretty happy about that. Yeah, even on a five-gamer, shout-out to John, who had – he went through the ringer today. Um, but on to Tuesday – um, let's jump into into the slate at the point guard position. Look, Russell Westbrook, 9,700, is an elite spot. Steph Curry, who came the frick alive after the – after uh, I mean, really, like halfway through the third quarter, gets Detroit on a back-to-back. It is – I don't know who I'd lean. I'd probably lean Westbrook for the triple-double upside, but I think both are – 
as good of a play as Giannis, as Jokic, as honestly as good of a play there are on the slate. Yeah, I mean, you know, we just saw Steph Curry put up 56 fantasy points against the same Chicago team, uh, a game that went like in the 120s for each team. So we knew that game was going to run up. The Chicago and Washington, his game is it's it's you know, being only a hundred dollars more than Steph on this slate, I feel like you're getting. I feel like you're getting away with highway robbery here with Westbrook. I mean, it's just too good of a spot. I mean, Chicago's not defending well. You already said that. And the highest, you know, pretty much the highest total on the board. And you're getting Russ under 10K after he's already put up two triple doubles. I, I don't know. It's just a silly pricing um, to start the season once again. Yeah, I, and I, I I see where you're coming from. And, and, if a shop, and John's argument of playing Westbrook over – James Harden the other day was, well, look, he went 6 of 19 from the floor. If he goes 10 of 19, we're talking about Russell Westbrook going for 65 fantasy points. Um, I also don't think it's a bad approach to just play both. If you can fit them both, if there's enough value elsewhere, um, I think you could be starting off your lineups with like 110 points. But um, I do agree Westbrook is probably the A-side here. Let's move down the list where we have... Um, the likes of Ben Simmons against Toronto, not the easiest matchup, and Joel Embiid's coming back. We have Shea Gillis Alexander on the second night of a back-to-back. Um, where are you looking at between like 7K and 8,900? Does anyone like tickle your fancy here yeah. uh, um, at all? I think Chris Paul is is definitely in play. Like this was the game that I thought probably should have been the total that. Minnesota and the Clippers have like I really think that this Phoenix and New Orleans game is going to pop off um you know Phoenix hasn't been exactly running with the pace that they were last year but we know New Orleans is going to uh, so you know that game's really interesting to me I think Chris Paul you know I know two games ago against this you know uh, Sacramento he put up a huge game 55 fantasy points so had 22 points two steals blocked 12 assists five rebounds um you know, we, we know he has that upside. In the other two games, he's had 30 and 23. So we know he has that upside. He gets a really good matchup. You know, New Orleans was not good against the point guard spot last year at all. We faded that tons and tons and tons. So I think Chris Paul's in play for sure. Um, you know, looking down a little bit further than that, it kind of gets a little bleak. I, mean, I really am, am kind of trying to find, you know, I know Darius Garland has been balling out lately. Um, I know he kind of cooled off in the last game, only went for 27, you know, 28 fantasy points. But the two before that, 53-25 against Detroit, and then 41.5 in the opener against Charlotte. Um, he's been like an assist machine, 18 assists. And, well, actually, you put that together, 25 total assists in three games, pretty good numbers. Uh, he's scoring really good, scored 14 or more in all of them, 14, 21, 22. Five or six rebounds. Didn't have any rebounds against Philadelphia, which really hurt. Uh, has six, uh, five steals uh, in three games. So Darius Garland's playing really well. Uh, where are you looking below that that threshold, which would put you right at like 5.8 and below? So I, I just want to circle back to Kobe White, who I would uh, play in tournaments for sure, 6,500 sure. against Washington. I think getting more exposure to that game, the better. Um, I I mean, with Jimmy Butler doubtful, I think it's pretty easy. We go Goran Dragic, who has been... I figured you were going with I mean, he's been extremely elite. Uh, we saw last year he led the team in usage, even with Jimmy Butler. Um, he has been phenomenal to start the year. He was their best... He was their top scorer last year. Um, and I, I'm not really scared of Tyler Hero's bad start. Because I still think we the minutes are there, 32 in each game. 
we know he's a really good scorer and they need scoring um, to compete with Milwaukee, who just got blown out by the Knicks. So I think both Heat guys are, are firmly back on my radar uh, in this matchup. If you're moving down further... Um, Let me I mean, ask what you think about Elf Payton against Cleveland. After he just went off for 44 fantasy points against Milwaukee. Yeah, I mean, back in? We, get, we get that Elf performance every so often right and it's we faded cleveland all last year we did we did and i and i can't i can't deny that fact i just like if you're gonna do it it's obviously a tournament play you do not even think about playing in cash games um but yeah in tournaments it's fine i i guess my, I wonder what his ownership will come in at after that game because he's Elf seems, 5K here. That's cheap for a start. Yeah, point. he is cheap. He is he that is, is very so cheap. cheap. Well, okay, let's let's um. I'll play devil's advocate here. Uh, if let's say for whatever reason Derrick Rose sits again and Delon Wright is forty eight hundred, do you save Derek the seven hundred? Derrick Rose is just sitting for rest. I don't. I think yeah, he'll... he's probably just sitting for rest. Um. Yeah, I guess you're right because there's like there's really nobody you, else in that range. Yeah, there's nobody in any type of range down here. It is Rudely really ugly. Go down lower. It's ugly. It is. There's no doubt. Um, like Sadoransky has played 23 and 25 minutes, but he has no usage rate at all. He's not taking any shots. So like, I don't think we need to go there. I think you're pretty spot on. I think the best value point guard, I guess. It, and plus, like, when we're talking about, like, tournaments, Alfred Payton, yes. We could play Dragic and Cash, but we're going to play in our cash lineups Westbrook or Curry. So if you're on DraftKings, you don't really need to play Elf um, unless you're just being contrarian in a tournament, and I think that's fine. But uh, let's move over to shooting guard. Sure. Where I don't necessarily love the the prices here because like yes bradley beal has been great with or without russell westbrook on the floor um but 9300 i guess it makes sense because it's chicago right so you can definitely go to beal but why would you not just find the 400 dollars and get to westbrook right and then there's devin booker who yes we recognize as an elite scorer in this league and he has been okay peripherally but do we want to pay 9100 um Weirdly enough, the Pelicans are 23rd in pace this year. And I guess it's been made known that Stan Van Gundy wants to slow things down and run more uh, run more half-court sets, especially with Zion and Ingram. And it looks like that's just kind of playing out exactly what he's um, talking about. So I don't know if I want to play Devin Booker or Beal here. I don't know what your feelings are, but if well, you agree... I see it is you can – I mean, obviously, this is going to rely on if Kawhi is out again, but you know, right. you drop down into the second-highest uh, title, you know, total on the board with Minnesota and the Clippers and get Paul George here at 8.5. Right. Um, which would be an easy plug-and-play if Kawhi is out. I mean, there's no doubt about that. So, easily him. But then, I mean, right under him you have Zach Levine, who we just talked about, mm-hmm. you know, before we came on about the, the Golden State game. Um, Zach Levine's been playing really well. So, and he gets Washington. You know, he just went for 50, almost 53 fantasy points against Golden State. Gets another great game, you know, another great matchup here with Washington. 
So, yeah, I don't really think you have to pay up for Bill or Booker. I would think, like you said, I would probably just pay up for Russ in, you know, that spot uh, and then go down to, like, a Zach Levine or Paul George or, you know. I think that's that's definitely where you could go in this range just to start off. Yeah, I agree. And if you want to talk about why, just another reason why we like Chicago-Washington so much, Chicago currently second in pace, um, Washington currently fourth in pace, um, Chicago is 24th in defensive efficiency, Washington 21st. So up the floor, up the floor, up the floor, points allowed, points allowed, points allowed. So um, I think they're both elite, and Paul George is obviously elite um, too, right. but I think Levine probably edges it out a little bit. Um, moving down, I know D'Angelo Russell sucked. Like, he really sucked, but so did the entire Minnesota team. There's no Carl Anthony Towns. I think Russell's in a, in a pretty good bounce back. I know Paul George is also defending another tough spot, but nobody's going to play Russell here. Um, so I'd be willing to go back there. What say you? Yeah, GBPs, I mean, I can see it. I can totally see it. Like, you know, we just talked about this is the second highest total on the board. They already know that Carl Anthony Towns is out. I mean – so, you know, that, that total is already baked into to basically what they feel is going to happen in this game. So they obviously feel like this game is still going to be pretty high scoring. So that, that already tells you, yeah, you know, I, I could go back to Russell here. We know he's going to take, you know, we know he's going to probably play more than 20 minutes. I mean, we know, you know, they got totally smashed, like you said. He had a really bad game. Uh, but nonetheless, you know, he's close to 40 points in the game before against Utah, played 34 minutes. That was with Towns, right? So, yeah, you know, we, we know he's going to take a lot more shots. We know he's going to have a ton more usage, and he's going to play hopefully the whole game. So, yeah, I totally don't mind that at 7.6. That's a pretty cheap price to get a guy that's we saw um, whenever he's alone on the floor, basically like he will be, uh, take, you know, 26, 27 shots, almost like C.J. McCollum without, you know, Lillard. So, totally don't mind that. Right, and uh, it's a great point um, overall. Where else are we looking here, Sean, at shooting guard? Uh, I think Colin Sexton is probably in play, and on the flip side of that matchup, so is R.J. Barrett. They're both a little pricey, probably a little too pricey for me, but um, they've both been very productive. Um, how about like someone like Victor Oladipo, who has started off this season smoking hot? And I know he set out his last game, but he's not on the injury report for Tuesday. Um has gone for 35 and 37 fantasy points, playing just 28 and 25 minutes. If we see 30 right. minutes of, of Oladipo here in a close game, I mean, we're getting a player that was an all-star two years ago before his injury who's likely an 8K-type guy for just $6,400. I think that's kind of a steal in my eyes. Yeah, I think he's ultimate cash play. I mean, he's just got such a good floor – you know, I don't love that they're playing Boston, uh, um, you know, but in the same, like you said, you know, he just put up, what, 37, 38 against them? So, no, he sat, no, so he sat, yeah, he sat he that sat game. He sat the last game, that's right, mm-hmm. that's right, true. Uh, don't really, like I said, just don't love the matchup. I think it, I think it's decent for cash uh, at the price because it's 6.4, seems pretty pretty cheap, you know, when he's got 35-point upside, but, um, uh, you know, I think, yeah, he would probably just be a cash play for me. I don't know if I could play him in tournaments whenever you got Andrew Wiggins at the same price who just went off for, you know, 40 and is playing against Detroit on a back-to-back. So that would probably be where I would be looking to, you know, in that, you know, by Oladipo. Oladipo would be the cash play for me. And if 
you know, for me being a GPP player, I would just roll right to Andrew Wiggins in that good spot. Yeah, that works. Um, because Wiggins did look better in that second half. He had a bad first half, but I think that entire game just kind of exploded in the second half. And uh, uh, Wiggins was uh, one of the guys. But that's how a, about that's the thing with Wiggins too is he's going to get run. Right. Right. I mean, right. he's not coming off the floor. We know this. We've we've seen it already. So, yeah. Yeah, and I think the interesting part has been when the the way the rotations have been working for Golden State has been um, Curry's been playing with Ubre, and then when they both come off the floor, it's been Wiggins alone. Yeah. So, oh, um, <laughs> yeah, all the usage for Andrew Wiggins. Um, don't hate that at all. Um, let's move on down to, uh, someone that we've both been playing to start this year and he has been on fire and that's Terrence Ross who, I mean, let's face it. Like when you get a guy who's streaky going like this, you just roster him. He scored 19, 25 and 26 actual points to start the year. And we kind of suspected this would be the case with no Jonathan Isaac, with a limited Aaron Gordon, like. They need scoring, and they're getting it in the form of Terrence Ross. Only $5,300 um, on DraftKings. They they really didn't do a great job uh, pricing up. Then again, even when he scores 25, he doesn't get us many peripheral stats. So yeah, are that's you... the bad thing with Ross. Yeah. I mean, the guy can shoot the lights out, but you pretty much just don't... And, and you just really... All you're hoping for is, like, maybe a couple seals because other than that, he's going to get you, like, a couple... One rebound, one or two assists, and that's it. I mean, that and that's why John said that, you know, he's, like, the ultimate cash play, and that's that's the truth. The guy's is the ultimate, which, you know, his price was 4.7K last time because I wrote him up in the vault. That's the only reason I know it and remember it. <laughs> but, you know, now his price is starting to get up a little bit more, you know, so that's a little bit more tougher. Uh, especially for GPP because, you know, you're starting to eat into your salary a little bit more. But, you know, ultimate cash play, totally, yeah, totally fine with that. Um, what are you looking at under 5K here? I see a couple names well, standing let out. Let me let me stop at 5K and go with Duncan Robinson here if, if okay. Butler is doubtful. I mean, right? I mean, yeah. we just saw him uh-huh. light it up pretty big um, against New Orleans. I know it's not the greatest matchup here against Milwaukee, but we know it's going to be a pace-up spot, right? I mean, because Milwaukee's still running with, with really fast pace. Um, and we know he's going to play a lot because, you know, Butler's going to be out. So a lot of the offense is going to revolve around him once again, I think, as we saw, you know, in the last game. So uh, Robinson, I think, is good there at 5K. Um, other than that, going down, it, it gets pretty bleak again. Like there's, you know, I know Daylon Wright's having a pretty decent night tonight. We'll be on a back-to-back. Derrick Rose likely back, though, so that's going to kind of screw that all up. Um, man, other than that, I'm just, I mean, I'm already down to 4.2 at J.J. Redick, who, you know, continues to be a decent GPP play on DK after one good game. Uh, he, he's really not been – he's he kind of not hitting shots and not doing anything else. So, other than that, like, there's – I mean, what are, are you seeing anything that you really like or just love under 5K? Because I'm not – um, I guess there are like some guys like if Kawhi sits, I can get behind Luke Kennard who hasn't shot the ball well, but he played 30 minutes right. on um in their last game and he did start that game as well. 
Uh, we just got word that Josh Kogi's questionable. I we could probably go look at someone like Jared Culver, who they used a uh, the Timberwolves used a really high draft pick on last year. Yeah, I think he could be interesting, but like not things I'm I'm totally like in love with on a ten game yeah, slate. Uh, looks to me like I'd probably just pay up for shooting guard on this slate because. Mm-hmm. There's there's really nothing down here that just really says, hey, yeah, that that looks like it would be a fun one to play. There, there's really nothing. I agree. So let's move over to small forward where we do have Kawhi Leonard topping the list. Um, he practiced Monday, may not play Tuesday with the stitches in his mouth. We will find out um, his status probably earlier in the day. I feel like the Clippers have always been pretty good about um, releasing their injury reports early. So that moves us to Jason Tatum, Brandon Ingram. Uh, Brandon Ingram has just been incredible. Uh, he already has two 50 burgers and two double doubles in yeah, three games. Yeah, uh, yeah, a 53 and a 61, rather, not two 50 burgers. And he's only $8,200, which is only a $200 price increase from his last time out. Uh, in one of the best environments there is, he to me feels like a core play uh, on Tuesday slate. Yeah, I mean, at first glance, I don't think you can go, you know, really wrong with that play. He's been, you know, we talked about this on on uh, the first pod. It, it, Ingram, we we both mentioned that you know he was coming back for for his his team here, and it's literally been him and Zion. I mean, don't get me wrong. Zion's played really well too, but Brandon Ingram has been the guy. I mean, he has been the guy lately for you know to start the season. He has been the guy. That isn't that is right, and that's why he got the contract extension he got, and he became one of the most one of the more rich players in the NBA. That's right. Um, let's move down the list here. Um, I Middleton. I. Am feeling Middleton, and I generally don't play Chris Middleton, and that's a fault of my own. He's been um, because, yeah, he's been incredible, and he's really good. He's really good defensively too, and we haven't really seen that. Um, but he's he's just one of the more well-rounded players in the NBA that doesn't get the the respect for being as elite as he is. I think. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm completely in on Chris Middleton here. And especially because, like, like it still feels too cheap. Like, we've gotten 50-point upside twice this year. We've almost gotten 60 this year, and he's still 7,700. And the usage That's just is not playing. That's with Giannis in the game. Right. And and it doesn't even impact him. And it just shows you um, a lot of the times Giannis is setting him up. A lot of the times he's playing alone and has, like, the uh, just – the floor to himself. So uh, everything really just points to Middleton here in yeah, whatever it's format probably, you'd like. It's probably hurting Giannis's value lately. I mean, I yeah, think- a little bit. I mean, uh, you know, Giannis so- is Giannis will always find his own. Well, we haven't own. seen him put up a seventy or eighty pointer yet. Seventy eight pointer yet either. So, but either way, yeah. Well, I will say, it's just been blowouts for Milwaukee. I mean. They yeah. blow out Golden State, and yes, the Boston game wasn't a blowout, um, but they blow out Golden State, and then they get blown out by the Knicks. I'm curious to see, you know, an extra four or five minutes from the both of them, or Giannis specifically, what could have been done, especially against the Knicks. Um, but 
we digress because we spent a lot of time on Chris Middleton specifically. <laughs> we love you, Chris. Um, what what else do you see here at, at uh, Small well, Fork, John? I'm looking at Tobias Harris, who just had you know his final slump buster after uh, two pretty cheesy games games against Cleveland uh, had a good one put up over 40 uh, he you know gets a decent game against Toronto here um, you know likely gets a lot of Pascal Siakam which I'm you know totally fine with uh, Tobias Harris has been really good especially if Embiid for some reason is limited or whatever um, you know at 7k it's not exactly a price you love but I think it's respectable uh, Miles Bridges uh, you're your big guy this was your guy coming coming into the season right Mm-hmm. Not Miles, but sorry, Mikael. Let me. Mikael. Let me, yeah, let me rephrase. Mikael Bridges. Not yeah, Miles Bridges. Not even on the slate. I just saw M Bridges, and I already knew who I was talking about. <laughs> but my brain didn't catch up yet. Mikael Bridges has been really damn good to start the year. Uh, how are you feeling about him at six point two? His price is up. I mean, he's a good player, and that's that's what it was. And going out to get Chris Paul made so much sense for not just. Devin Booker, but Bridges too. I mean, we've seen in both his big games this year, he's hit four threes. And obviously, you know, a lot of the time it's going to correlate with Chris Paul. And he's a good defender. We've seen a block or more in each game. We haven't even seen the steals yet. And that's something that he um, had a really good year in last year doing. So I love Bridges. And I think 62 is perfectly fine. I think there's still upside of that price. We know there's a there's been a decent floor to start the year, so um, yeah, give me give me Bridges at 62 um, because then when you look at the rest of the position, I mean nobody wants to play Ubre. I, I guess it's not the worst tournament play. Um, I was about to say, you know, we all we all know that once Kelly uh, it's like percent ownership, he's just gonna totally go off, right? Yeah, it's coming. I mean, he's 0 for 17 from three to start the year, so like that's clearly positive regression coming his way like it that's exactly what positive regression is you know like over 17 it actually can't get worse than that so like i could see both of us and most of fa nation looking at uh uber in tournaments definitely only tournaments um i hate it at 5.7 we know he's gonna get the minutes we yeah know man 5.7 is cheap against detroit who uh you know on a back-to-back uh, this is a good spot for Golden State, nonetheless, on, you know, getting them on a back-to-back. I don't care who they're getting back. It doesn't really matter. Um, yeah, Kelly Oubre is probably definitely going to be in my player pool as, uh, you know, in GPPs. What's your thoughts on someone, and I, I don't want to go here, but I'm going to go here just based on necessity. So I think Cleveland is the most banged-up team of the slate tomorrow. Um, we already have word Isaac Okoro is going to not play. We already got Kevin Love ruled out. There's no Kevin Porter. So, my Chet? question to you is, is Chetty Oseman at 51 appealing at all? I mean, we, we've we obviously done this song. We've done this song and dance, right? We've <laughs> Yes, we have. But, I, I mean, think he has Sad, man. I know, I the, the price, has. right? It's yep. the, the price is just what's really, it's like. It's like 4.2? Right. You know. I agree. I mean, With I'm like five K and over range. I'm kind of like, eh, I'm out. I'm out. Like, no, no thanks. You know. And I'm not disagreeing because I agree. Like, I don't get the price tag, and that's what's really like, like, why is? And I guess because they've had a full day of news, right? We knew Acorda was out earlier in the day. We knew Kevin Love was out earlier in the day. Um, like, if Ozman was like. 
if it was like 4.5k, I think both of us would have a complete different tune. Yeah, I mean, pricing, pricing matters. I mean, it, you know, it, pricing does matter here. And, and don't get me wrong, uh, the Knicks have actually played pretty good defense to start yeah, the season. They have. So, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, yeah, I don't think I can get there. I don't think I can. <sighs> Sad. Um, let's go down to your boy. Let's just get to him. Let's go to Lou Dort at $4,600. Um, having a really good game. Having a, another very good game. We're currently um, in the third quarter. Lou Dort has 20 actual points. Uh, and the thing about Lou Dort, and this is what's going to take his game to the next level. He is known as a defensive player first, uh-huh. second, third, fourth. And then, like, ninth on the list is score. Because yep. one through eight occupy, is occupied by defense. Um, but if he's going to come around and score, Sean, I love this. I mean, we've seen the Magic in all high-scoring games this year, and they're fifth in the league in pace. Why not take a shot on Lou Dort on the second night of this back-to-back? I mean, they're, they're a totally different team makeup now. I mean, right. if you just look at it. You know, this is exactly what I put in in the value vault. To, you know, today. You know, we're recording on Monday night, but you know that that's, that was the big reason that that I was high on Lou. Um, you know, it's a good matchup for one. I mean, it, fair, I say, but you know, this game against Orlando, like you said, they're running fifth in pace right now, running really fast. This team's just playing totally different. Uh, it's it's a bunch of young guys. I mean, really, that's what it is. It's a rebuild of young guys that you probably see at the YMCA. So. Um, I, you know, I think it's it's still a good matchup here against Orlando at home. Whatever, uh, you know, on a back to back, I'm fine with that because we know that, like you said, that he's going to play 30 minutes a game. We know that already. He's one of their core players. They love this guy. Uh, I know they don't have the same coach, but nonetheless, you know, he's still already to start the season, playing really good minutes, putting up really good games. You know, so yeah, I'm totally fine with that. Put up almost 30 in his first game against Charlotte. Played 35 minutes. Uh, five boards, two assists, like you said, one block and a steal, uh, and he, you know, he, he put up 15 points. So if he can string together his shot, like you said, if he can become the shooter, and he has, you know, he's been shooting the three ball. I know he hit a couple tonight already. Like you said, he had 20 actual. Yeah, he can definitely be a player, man. He can definitely be a fantasy asset for for damn sure. That's 20 actual for the record through three quarters. We're currently so I and mean, can- and counting. So. Um, I, and I just want to get your take on a couple more value to, value guys here because um, we already got word Marcus Morris will not play again. Um, so that brings us to Nick Batum, who has honestly been pretty good. I'll just we'll just reprieve the Clippers of that game against Dallas, right? <laughs> just take it off the board. Just, tell, just tell it, throw it away. Batum before that was really good, and he played thirty six minutes and went for. Um, what was it? Thirty-seven fantasy points yeah, went, and a yeah. double double, um, and then someone that we both rostered tonight, and you know we're trying to convince all of FE Nation to play is jo- um, Josh Jackson, who right. currently has twenty-four actual. Um, there's about a minute left in that game, but he has twenty-four, four, and two um, with a block. I mean, I get that Derrick Rose is going to be back. I get yeah, Blake. that Blake Griffin is going to be back. But do you see a role here for Josh Jackson with them back, or would you rather just 
pivot to Lou Dort or Josh Hart or Nick Batum? Uh, I mean, I think, I mean, I really hate that Josh Jackson has to deal with Derrick Rose in the second yep. unit. Yep. And it's exactly what I put in the value vault today when I wrote up Josh Jackson because I was like, oh, man, Josh Jackson without Derrick Rose, yes. Uh, and then, you know, he starts, which I was <laughs> – it's usually against my rule. Uh, you know my rule. But, uh, right. yeah, I was totally not not going to fade him today because uh, we know the kind of upside. And I'm starting to kind of come come away from the rule in certain situations and exceptions. So, yeah, I was I was totally on Josh Jackson. Didn't care if he was starting. Didn't care if he, you know, was on the bench. Didn't really matter. Really liked him more on the bench, but you know, once I saw that he was starting, I was like, "Well, if he's going to start and this game stays close, I was like, there's a good chance he might see 35 minutes instead of maybe you know 27 or 28." So yeah, actually worked out really well. Um, don't mind it against Golden State; it's a good spot, like you said. It's you know should have a good fast pace with with Golden State being one of the faster teams in the league. I'm totally fine going back there, even with Derrick Rose coming back and Blake Griffin. Um, don't, I mean, I'm not just overly in love with the price, but I don't hate it either. Um, Nick Batum, there's really nothing you can do right now or say about this guy. I mean, he's going to get minutes. We know that already. Um, he's playing, you know, against a beat up front court without Carl Anthony Towns. Uh, and they might not have Kawhi. I mean, you know, we saw what he just did with it, you know, with Kawhi for what, three quarters, four quarters, or, you know, I don't know when Kawhi went out, but, um, Either way, we know Batum's going to get the minutes. It's the second highest total on the board, as we keep saying. So, yeah, I mean, I really think you can stick right there. I don't really think you have to go to Luke Kennard. Um, one, you know, other than that, really, the only other guy that I see in this range, it, it, and I hate to say it, and he might just be – no, he's probably not even a cash play. I might not even talk about him. Aaron uh, Bradley. Well, actually, I was going to bring up Avery Bradley at the shooting guard spot whenever you went. Whenever you decided to roll to the small forwards, I was like, <laughs> I'm, well, sorry, I'm sorry. Whenever I was rolling over the page. And I was like, yeah, I mean, Avery Bradley is, he definitely is in play if Butler is out, which he's doubtful. Uh, Avery Bradley had a good game. Uh, again, this is going to be a pace up spot. I tend to not play Bradley simply because he's, he's, he's kind of like a, a Danny Green that just shoots threes and, Plays a little defense, plays good defense, but, you know, he's a 3 and D wing most, mostly. Um, so I don't really love Bradley, but it is going to be a pace-up spot here. He is extremely cheap uh, against Milwaukee, so I don't hate that. But the guy that I was going to bring up is Doug McBuckets. I mean, the guy's been playing good minutes. He's got He's had actually some solid games, 25, 23, 25.25, played 28, 22, and 27 minutes. Um, I mean – like I said, it, it's just something to keep an eye on more of anything than probably playing in DFS at the moment. But he's been getting a lot more run than he did last year. I'm just curious to see those 27 minutes came with uh, without Old Depot. I wonder if that That's hinders true. him. And also, TJ Warren been dealing with that plantar fasciitis, so I wonder when like the reins are kind of taken off there because but, you know he have, did get 28 minutes in game one you know that's true minutes next. that's true so it wasn't that's like fair. it was an anomaly or anything it did happen before too so okay i'll give you that and uh in tournaments that that is definitely a 0.5 you know, gets, gets hot from the three-point line you can put him up quick i i promise you he'll be under one percent owned if you want to go there so yeah. <laughs> um you know i right i'm not i'm not faulting you for wanting to do it because if he gets you 25 fantasy points i mean you're you're in a good spot yeah. um 
Let's move over to power forward. What are we doing with Giannis? That's the first question on the board. What are we doing with Giannis? He has two games of 57 fantasy points, one game of 37. Obviously, the Golden State game, you know, again, they, they won by 100 on Christmas Day. Uh, but what are we doing at 10-8? Like, again, full circle back to the Westbrook Curry thing. I would rather just save 1000 Eleven hundred and twelve hundred dollars, and play either Curry or play Westbrook. Do you agree? Uh, yeah, I think I agree. I mean, don't get me wrong. Uh, we talked about this just you know minutes ago on on this same pod where we said that Giannis really hasn't put up those seventy and eighty pointers, and that's because right. guys around him are doing more. I mean, Chris Middleton is having fifty point games. I mean, once you start having guys around you do that, that takes away from your star. I mean, I hate to say that. But, you know, that usage is being used by somebody else. Um, and not to say that Giannis isn't still getting that usage, but it's a simple fact that more shots are not going to him. Uh, so, he, I mean, his price is going up. He's nearing that 11K mark. When That's whenever you really got to start, you know, paying attention to the price and saying, okay, well, now, you know, he's got to have 60 to hit value instead of, you know. So it starts to get to that point where you're you're doing the math on the numbers and, and it starts to actually have has to make sense in your head that, okay, this guy's going to score 75 because that's literally what I have to have to take down a GPP. Right. We know that Russell Westbrook in this spot likely can, can get to 60 to 65 a little bit easier than Giannis probably can get to 75. So that's kind of my, my you know, my theory into, into how that would play out. I mean, that's the perfect theory to have because it's correct and that's how you got to look at it um and on top of it it saves you eleven hundred dollars so true uh all in all to say Giannis is still fine but we know he can get you 75 but right now it just feels like westbrook has better uh better ceiling at his price tag more chance for seven eight x and Giannis does at almost 11k um demontis Sabonis has been really really good um Julius Randle has been really, really good. Uh, He went absolutely nuclear against Milwaukee, um, and he has been playing all of the minutes. Um, Pascal Siakam had a really uh, interesting game against San Antonio because he wasn't very good from the floor, uh, but he was two assists shy of a triple-double. We have Zion, who, again, like Siakam, was really bad from the floor, but he had five steals in that San Antonio game. Uh, how are we feeling about these guys in the 8K range? I didn't even mention Jason Tatum, which is stupid, but uh, how do we feel about the guys in the 8K range here? Yeah, I think this is where you're going to have to make your choice. I mean, don't get me wrong. Um, you know, paying up at point guard uh, is probably, at the moment, probably my, my main priority. But, you know, you're probably going to want to have one of these four or five guys right here. You know, you're either going to have Sabonis, We've seen him be really damn good lately. Um, Randall, like you mentioned, just going nuclear. Uh, Siakam, um, you know, if Embiid is out, which I don't think he is, would make him more very, very more appealing. But then, you know, you've got Zahn, uh, who's been really good too, and he's the cheapest one of all. Uh, you know, he just he's put up a 53 and a 45-pointer in the last two games. So, Andy gets a good matchup against, you know, Phoenix here. So, I don't know. I think I think Zion is definitely probably more around the price that I want to pay. I think you could probably pair him up maybe with uh, with Westbrook 
Uh, I think that might be where I start in the GPP and then see where I kind of can go from there. Yeah, I agree. I would actually probably put Zion first in this in this tier. Uh, just I know he's the cheapest, but we saved the most money to get to Westbrook. And plus, I mean, imagine he doesn't go 7 for 22, a guy who's going to shoot like 60% this year. I mean, we're right. talking about a game that he goes for 60 fantasy points. So, uh, yeah, I love Zion there. Moving down, I actually think Blake Griffin is is not the worst play here. Uh, at 6,900, he looked really damn good in that Cleveland game. And he's played 35 and 44 minutes, which I think is uh, extremely encouraging. Do I think he's going to shoot 8 for 16 from 3 again? No, I do not. But I think Blake Griffin <laughs> is good enough to score and grab rebounds. And I think the offense, a lot of the time, is going to flow through him. We saw in his latter stage, the latter stages with um the clippers that he the offense ran through him a lot of the time so uh, i could really get behind some blake jeremy grant had another big game um on monday uh, we have michael porter we have larry nance sans kevin love i really really like this six this kind of this 6k tier between blake grant and larry nance do you have a lean between any of those three guys? I, I hate to say it, but I like Blake here at 6'9". Um, you know, whenever I saw he was a shade under 7K, I was like, wow, that's interesting. Fresh off of a, you know, of a day off, it gets a, a great matchup without Draymond. Um, you know, Wiseman, uh, I was look, I was wanting to get to the center spot to see, because I know he, like, didn't play very, very many minutes the other game, which I don't know if it was due to matchup or what happened. I was kind of interested, and I wanted to, to, to move forward in the book and see that, but uh, thought that was really interesting. Uh, so I think Blake Griffin's really interesting here at 6.9. Um, just really kind of peaks the the GPP uh, senses, considering we know everybody – nobody wants to play Blake Griffin, right, because he's a dinosaur. Uh, but like you said, he's playing 35 minutes a game, fresh off a day off, gets a Golden State team who's given up 120 points a game, no Draymond. I like it. <laughs> yeah, I I really like it, and uh, I think he does fit the profile for the GPP play because he's going to be what five percent owned on a ten game slate. Um, yeah, he probably won't be over ten for sure. Right, and maybe do people do realize like he'll be the freshest piston of them all because they are playing the second leg of a back to back. But uh, yeah, Wiseman was just really bad the other night uh, yeah. to be. To be blunt, he and did I not. really, I really just don't want to play Larry Nance Chalk again. I mean, I can't. I'll be. The, I'll tell you right now, I can't play Larry Nance Chalk. <laughs> I just can't do it. And now he's six point three k, so it really makes me not want to play him. That's just easy, easy fade for me. But I, I can't stand a Larry not Larry Nance Chalk day. It just gets to me. <laughs> like I get it, because I don't, I don't feel comfortable paying sixty three hundred. For Larry Nance, I don't. I think it is an uncomfortable thing to do. But damn, he's been good without Kevin Love the last year or so. And um, sometimes, 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 right? Um, he's hurt me a ton. <laughs> that's fair. I just, you know, there is like legit triple double upside. Out of Larry Nance, but you're right. In a vacuum, there's not a lot of usage uh, from Larry Nance. So 
Um, I think we should move down to a, definitely a tournament guy in Chris Boucher. Chris Boucher. Chris Boucher. 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 I was waiting for the uh, pronunciation. Thank you. Um, went crazy against the Spurs. Um, again, 28 minutes. Seven blocks. Realistic again? I don't think so. Um, but he also had two in the first game. He had 22 and 10 along with those seven blocks. Do we go back to the well here against a much tougher matchup, or is there other players here below him that are uh, intriguing to you? Honestly, I mean, I think people might chase that a little bit. They're going to look and see, like, oh, man, we have 50 fantasy points, and, and then, you know, they'll probably just play him. Uh, I don't like Chris Busher at 5'8". I think you've got to catch him just on a good night. I know the guy has tremendous upside. We've just seen it. Um, but, you know, we also saw that he only played – what were we, how many minutes did he play in the first game? It uh, wasn't 17. Like 15, 15 yeah. So, you know, I mean, it's – it's. are they going to play him in certain matchups? Are they going to – you know you know what I mean? So it, it gets yep. to the point where when are they going to play him and when are they not? Uh, against a much bigger Philly team, they probably elect to play Aaron Baines, if I have to guess. Um, you know, he's their starting center, um, played, you know, good minutes first game. Obviously, Busher kind of, you know, like you said, played really good against San Antonio. Um I don't know, man. I just think there's too many questions still. I'm not. I'm not just fully all in on on Boucher yet. Boucher, sorry, but uh, you know, one guy. You know, at the same price, Darius Basley, who's playing loads of minutes for OKC every night, and we know he's going to play loads of minutes at the same price. That's probably going to draw me in a little bit more than than a guy like Boucher on this slate, especially at that price. And that's fair because I mean minutes equal fantasy prediction or production not always but like you opportunity. know opportunity right so um i do agree darius Baisley is definitely a little more uh intriguing than boucher but that that tournament upside boucher presents is um sure yeah there's no doubt about that he's got upside um other than that the value tier is just so does what about Jared Vanderbilt, um, who played only 15 minutes in the Lakers game, but without Carl Anthony Towns, he went two, two point six assists, seven rebounds, three steals, one block. Don't need to go there, right? Only 15 minutes. I mean, I would probably look more at Juan Toscano Anderson, who okay. played 20 minutes, okay, and started at three point one day. And we know Draymond's not playing Eric Paschal, even though he kind of got back in uh, Steve Kerr's good graces. Because I saw reports today saying that, you know, Steve Kerr was saying, oh, he played phenomenally, um, which he really didn't do. I mean, as a fantasy player, he didn't really do, you know, phenomenally. But either way, that's neither here nor there. Uh, but Juan Toscano Anderson, you know, he, he's not, I don't know. Vanderbilt might be a, a better play. Um but he's a little bit more expensive too, so you know you're looking at eight hundred dollars in savings, um, and you're looking at the, against the Clippers instead of playing, you know, against Detroit. So 
I don't know. There's a couple different pros and cons you can probably throw around and look on that. I'm probably not going down to either one of them on this slate, to be flat out honest. Just kicking around ideas. Yeah, 10 games late. We probably don't need to go there. Um, let's shift over and finish it off at the center position where Nikola Jokic is going bananas on Monday night. He has almost secured two triple-doubles. He is going to get his... I feel like he's going to get his second with the way he's playing in the first half of this um, this Rockets game. He has 18-7-5. and five. 18 now seven and six with two minutes left in the second quarter. Wow. Um, 10 2 going up against the likes of Rashawn Holmes, who's foul happy, and Hassan Whiteside, who will have really no chance of chasing Jokic around on the perimeter. Um, where does Jokic rank amongst <clears throat> your like favorite spend ups on this slate? I mean, there's really just not anything else around him, you know, right. that, you know, that you can really, Vucevic is, you know, basically just a cash play. I would probably rather just, you know, pay up. I know Bam, Bam's in a decent spot for Miami, especially if Butler sits, you know, I like Bam. Um, yeah, that's really <laughs> in that range. That's really about all. I like Bam and I like Jokic. That's about it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, especially with, so like, I think there's, uh, merit to playing both tomorrow in in a singular lineup, especially if um, Butler does end up sitting. Right. I do like the 8K price tag quite a bit on Bam Is because fast pace spot, pace up. You know. Yeah, it just feels like there's 50 something in that in that body. You really know? well, you know, in the Eastern Conference Finals. You know, I mean, against. Right. You know, Played really right. well. Right. And, I mean, he's an elite player. So, I do think there's 50-point upside. Um, because, like, the rest of the position, right? I think Thomas Bryant's in play um, against the Bulls, who are a very bad rebounding team. But Westbrook is going to grab a lot of those boards. Wendell Carter was really, really good for the Bulls. He had a good one. Against Golden State. Can we trust it again? Maybe. But 6,100 is super scary. I just don't love the rest of the position. If you have somebody... Oh, I see somebody. But uh, if you have somebody else, Sean, here at center, please let me know because I'm, I'm struggling to find them. I'm, I'm going to say probably the same person you did, and it's probably Mason Plumley. It is Mason Plumley. Uh, it, who's actually Plumlee. really good or had a good game for Detroit tonight. I know Blake will be back, which probably will take a little bit. You know, we we said that he's he's been a lot more than just a scorer. You know, he's been dishing dimes. He's been rebounding well. He's been playing good defense. Uh, so yeah, I think Plum Plumley's. You know, he's turned into an everyday player here with Detroit. So yeah, really like it. We just talked about Wendell Carter, who went for you know forty four against Golden State. Um, yeah, and now Plumley gets him here, uh, even on a back to back. I don't even care. Plumley's fight. Final line tonight in 34 minutes, nine points, 12 rebounds, six assists for the third time in a row, and wow. three steals. So, like, I mean, Mason Plumley is really uh, all the offense is the off- yeah, the offense is kind of running through Mason Plumley right now, which is wild to say. But um, 
hey, you know, 2020, things have been pretty crazy all year, so <laughs> why stop now? Um, I love, Sean, that when you look at Mitchell Robinson's uh, recent game log, he played 35 minutes against Milwaukee. And sure. could it have been because there was a blowout? Maybe. But nevertheless, 35 minutes. Um, and I get Andre Drummond is on the flip side of this game, but I like that doesn't scare me away from Mitchell Robinson. No one's going to play him. Um, Drummond spends all his time by the rim, which is where we want Robinson anyway. So, like, right. I think I like this spot in tournaments, which is where you make your your bread and butter. What do you think of Mitchell Robinson in a tournament knowing, like, coming off a 35-minute game? I don't hate it. Um, I am worried that it was probably more due to the event that it was a blowout, but in the same essence, you know, he went from 25 to 21 or to 20, 21 to 25 to 35 minutes. So you do, you know, kind of see a gradual climb there. And, you know, Tibbs wasn't exactly all about playing Mitchell Robinson to start the season. He was like, yeah, he's got a lot right. of work to do, uh, you know, so maybe, you know, now he's kind of just saying, okay, well, we're, we've got to put him out there. You know, we got to let him, we got to let him go. Uh, so yeah, yeah, I, I think it's totally fine. Um, I don't, I don't mind him in tournaments for sure. We know he's got upside. He was shooting the three really well in the off season. Uh, so, you know, if he can pop a few three balls, um, block some shots, grab rebounds, you know, he could easily turn that into a, a double double and uh, maybe, maybe, you know, like I said, got 35, 40 point upside. So I don't hate it. Um, but let me ask you what you think about Naz Reed again with with Carl Anthony Towns. Uh, you know, being out, played, uh, you know, 28 minutes. I know it was a blowout, um, but he put up 28 fantasy points. Five rebounds, so, assists, two steals, 11 points. So I talked to – I was talking to John about this last night um, after our pod. Yeah. And I actually drafted Naz Reed in the Raz Jam, and a lot of it had to do with – all the problems that Carl Anthony Towns was going through with his family um, during COVID. And he's been hit harder than anyone I've seen um, get hit by COVID losing right. about, I think seven family members, which is horrible. And um, you know, God bless his family. Right. Naz Reed last year, Sean with Carl Anthony Towns off the floor. Good. 24.3% usage, 1.12 fantasy points per minute. So we're talking about a guy who's really productive when he's given the time and when he's given the time with Towns off the floor, which we know is going to happen. So I'm completely in on the Naz Reed thing. Even at 5,100, I think there's upside. And something John brought up last night was, well, the minutes, you know, he didn't really play over 20. Well, he played 28 last night, so that's kind of debunked that he's not going to play minutes. Um, I could see him playing 30 minutes in a competitive game, right. and at 5,100, I mean, we just we saw it. He li- did literally everything, and he can shoot. So, yeah, that. I'm in. Don't love the price. I mean, you well, know. What, what do you think? That, what do you think the – if you don't like, I guess my question would be: What do you think the ceiling for Nasreed at this price is? 
Like what would you like what would you peg Nas Reed's ceiling seven X at this price? Like could he get us yeah, like 30, gonna, 35? 35 range. That's I mean that's pretty good for a tournament. I know I'm not yeah, I would not be mad about thirty five fantasy points. But of course, you know, we're talking about a ceiling here. Ceiling, right. That is that is the ceiling. But you it's know, just it's anything just like, lower than that, you're basically looking at just value, you know, twenty five to twenty eight fantasy points you're looking at value which is probably more of a realistic outcome for him um especially against the clippers uh you know so i don't know i might i don't know i'm fine with it it'd probably be a really good decent tournament play because you know we talked about vanderbilt already who, who had a decent game uh i don't he, you know he probably might won't get any ownership so i don't hate it but i don't love the price either so I actually think the opposite of you. I think Nasri is going to get some ownership, and I think it's because I and I only I only say that because we like as we've gone through the slate, there hasn't been like a position, maybe like small forward, small or shooting guard, where we've like solidified value. Like yes, Josh Jackson's okay. Lou Dort was good. Batum is good. Um, but other than that, they're like point guard, right? We talked about Dragic and and Alfred Payton as our as our low low price guys, but they're only fifty five, fifty eight, you know. Right. So Naz Reed being fifty one, I think presents a little more value for people on a slate that hasn't really opened up value. So I'm thinking he garners a little more ownership than maybe you suspect. I would say. Not like crazy high, maybe like teens, like eleven to somewhere between like eleven and fifteen percent. But I still think that's probably higher than you were expecting. Yeah, I think it's probably way higher than I was expecting. I was thinking probably in the six percent range. Um, we can we can make a friendly wager on it. Uh, <laughs> Lou Dort or what Lou Dort? I just saw Lou Dort hit a Dort. go ahead three and. Uh, Jumped right there, but we'll we'll make a little friendly wager on what Naz Reed's um, ownership will be. Anything else down here? You mentioned Aaron Baines. I actually I actually think that could be pretty viable because I do I do agree with the bigger bodies in Philly because even their bench is Dwight Howard. So like Whatever, just yeah. big body after big body. I do think Aaron Baines could yep. play like twenty six twenty seven minutes here. Right. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I I easily think he could, um, but. One guy that I'm looking at, and I'm pretty sure John will probably be happy about it, and I don't know why he got the extra minutes, but uh, Landlord here, you know, Tom Lord, he played 22 minutes. <laughs> Landlord, I, I, like, I like that. Four steals, 12 points. Do what? <laughs> what was that? The, la- the Landlord. That's what you called him at first. I like that better than the Time Lord. We'll have to bring that to the table um, and discuss that with John to change his uh, nickname officially. All right, but I mean, nonetheless, man, I know he did go six or seven from the field, which you know, I mean, you know, he's probably getting dunks and oops and putbacks, so it's not like it's unrealistic. But you know, four steals, two blocks, one assist, four rebounds, and twelve points, twenty-two minutes, thirty fantasy points on DK at three K. I know he's up to three point nine, but is there something that they may be seeing in this this Indiana matchup that you know? They really liked with Robert. I mean, because I looked and there wasn't any foul trouble between Tice and uh, you know and, and Tristan Thompson. So I don't know. It just made me wonder, like, because it was a close game. 
what you know what what gave there. But they, I think he's kind of interesting at three point nine as a tournament play, maybe. So the Tristan Thompson has been on a minutes restriction. Is he still on limit? So there hasn't been official word, but as of Sunday, he was. So I don't think a two-game turnaround would make a big difference. Also, what the Boston has done, they started Tice next to Tristan Thompson. So I wonder if that's just opening up more minutes for Robert Williams. Also, Robert Williams is just probably better. Like, I don't think there's a, a... I mean, there's definitely a reason why, you know, Landlord, as the, as his new nickname is, played 22 minutes and Tice went down to 14. I, I don't think that's a coincidence. Um, I think Robert Williams just makes a big difference on that defensive side of the ball. So um, sure. I actually, I'm actually kind of with you here, Sean. I'm well, not going to lie. Um, do I think, and plus, like, we could get four blocks Next time out, I don't think we're going to get the four steals, but we we can get more rebounds, um, especially if he's on the floor for 20 minutes. I mean, he's a big dude, big athletic dude. Um, it's in the end. We faded against center all last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, despite Miles Turner being a good shot blocker, he is not a good rebounder, and he's not a great defender. He just he literally sells out for blocks, and uh, right. uh, that's what Miles Turner does. So, yeah, I'm actually with you um, on the landlord there. Um, but I think that does it for me yeah that does and it does it for you all right well um that'll do it for us you can catch uh shawnee boy here over on the twitter machine at s mitchell 17 and you can catch me on twitter at the underscore real underscore grande sean's on the playbook tomorrow i'm on the value vault um, I believe John is on the starting five. Could be wrong, could be fancy, but either way, a full slate of content. Content again, the, the DFS core play fast break will be out again tomorrow. There will be a live stream. This podcast, obviously, <sighs> 10 games. Um, as Bart Scott would say, can't wait. Uh, and we'll uh, we'll catch you tomorrow.